When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. All right, um, excited to bring a new cast member, maybe? We'll see. Hopefully recurring. Uh, Taj Moore is joining us on uh, Product Coffee. Um, Taj, if you don't mind, why don't you give us like uh, just a snippet for our listeners about your background, a little elevator pitch. Ooh, well, it's it's all over the place. I suppose that's part of the pitch. I'm, I've been, I'm in Tanzu Labs, um, previously Pivotal Labs, uh, which was, was like getting accepted into some Ivy League grad school when I got to be around all these people for the first time. Um, but for the preceding 10 years, it was uh, multi-sided market enterprise SaaS solutions for obscure markets, such as school nutrition directors for school lunch menus or shopping center marketing directors for shopping centers all over the country. And then before that, I was doing the marketing for an acupuncture school. So I've learned a lot of things from a lot of places. That's it. And then how long have you been in product? It was maybe 2004 when I first got into it, but I didn't know I was in product until about 2008. Well, that's great. Well, thanks for, um, you know, being on this show and, um, you know, you definitely have a, an interesting um, background there. I think is one of the things we t- discuss on this show that we all kind of come from such unique places in our stories. And it's it's so interesting to hear about the journey of how we got into the role of product and and. Um, we always learn a lot from that. So thanks for sharing that. Um, top of mind this week, uh, we also have Lou on the call and just got married. Congrats, Lou. <laughs> um, we have, uh, we're going to be discussing, um, kind of working remotely, um, in, in this new world. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it, but you know, there's uh, time zone changes. There's, um, expectations of communication. Uh, there, there's folks that work, um, uh, you know, in most of these companies all over the globe, I'm, I'm joining a company now that will be, um, fully distributed, fully remote. Um, you'll have these central hubs, but, um, and Lou and Taj, you both experienced that today. So, uh, I think it's a great topic for today, especially as we kind of, I don't know if we're hopefully leaning out of the pandemic, but getting into a place where moving back into an office might be feasible for some companies and more preferred potentially, um, but there's also this, you know, uh, value you get from a distributed workforce like that. Um, so let's go ahead and kick off that topic and then maybe we can prompt it with a question of what different time zones today do you manage a, a communication against and go ahead, Taj. My current team is worldwide, uh, kind of overall, we are consultants and we group people together for engagement. So on an engagement, I'm only with people in the U.S. time zones. Uh, my current 
engagement today is Pacific. I am in Mountain, and then I have somebody in Central. But most of the leadership is in the uh, Eastern time zone. But then I also manage, uh, or I don't know, steward some of our internal practice stuff. And one of the goals is to be global and include folks in London and Berlin. And that is extra hard. I kind of gave up on, on Asia Pacific and Japan. Um, <laughs> I, once we get ramped up locally, then I can start to do some evening meetings or whatever. Lou, what time zones are you managing as well? I'm all across the U.S. and then Pakistan. Most of our most of our engineering teams are are over there, so um, they're about 14 hours time difference from where I am. Yeah, I've dealt with um, similar uh, Israel. I think. See what else? India. Like we've definitely dealt with a couple different ones, um, and I'll be managing a, a Canada team, which is not. I think that'll be in a similar time zone which would be nice, but, uh, different, um, um, uh, countries, which will be its own challenge, I'm sure, or some nuance to that. So, uh, not as quite as diverse as, as both of you, but, um, in that case, what are some of the challenges that you have or communication practices you have with cross time zones? Well, you know, I was going to say right as we were getting on in Taj was saying like, I can't tell if this is synchronous comms or asynchronous comms or where that line <laughs> begins and ends. I was just like, dude, I sympathize with that so much because I'll have some, some times where I'm like getting up on my machine. I start talking to somebody they're there and then it's just like, it, it could be gone for three hours or you could be in what you think is the working hours and you send a message and then it comes later or, you know, heck you're like, Hey, I'm going to get up early or super early or stay up late so I can fire something off and you have no idea. And I will admit that is a, that frustrates me a lot in particular because I feel like it makes me less efficient. And if I don't have the answer to a particular question, I might not get it till tomorrow. I'm like, man, that really is a slowdown. I, all I can say is at first, one, I sympathize. Two, I'm still actively looking for things to do about it. And and three, I think, you know, hopefully we're all not alone in that problem. My, I'm wondering, Lou, are, are you or folks, are they in IST, India Standard Time? Is that the... I, I I believe so. Yeah. Um, are you time shifting? Are they time shifting? Do you have um, common working hours where you both kind of lean in the other's direction? It's been something that I'm actually working on figuring out with, with my team right now. I think there isn't a consistent practice at, in the org right now. It seems to be dependent on teams. Some teams are based completely over there. And so they work a normal work day, you know, eight to five or so for PK time. Um, with the teams that I've been a part of, usually it seems like they'll work a little bit later in the evening on their side till maybe uh, 7, 8 p.m. And then on the U.S. side, that kind of corresponds to between 7 and, say, 9.30 in the morning. So there's maybe about a two-hour overlap. Um, that seems to be also fairly standard. So at the moment, I actually just put together a big Miro board um, for this practice. I, I'll have to screen share this at some point, but literally asking everybody about distributed work, what works well for them, what doesn't work, what their hours of operation are, whether they have any flexibility in their schedules. You know, um, I put a whole mirror board together for the 13 members on our team and shot that out uh, literally three days ago. This is what I call the Ladyhawk problem. If you remember the, the movie from the 80s with, uh, gosh, was it Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, Rutger Hauer and uh, the 
Ferris Bueller. Why can I not think of the guy's name? The, the whole idea was, you know, this man and this woman are cursed so that he is a man by day while she is a hawk. And right at sunset, he turns into a wolf and she turns into a woman. And because they're lovers and they can never be together, that's the curse. That is an ab metaphor. Matthew Broderick, by the way. Matthew Broderick, thank you. So is the answer then we're all cursed <laughs> that are, yes, as they're dealing true. with this time frame? Yeah. Oh, it absolutely feels. Evil yeah. Marquis or wizard, we could just go assassinate. Yeah. <laughs> and, and our <laughs> problems are solved, but there's no, there's nothing yeah. behind it. It's just the way things are. So with this like new world of like distributed work and this this, you know, sometimes um, it just works that way where you're kind of in this lady hawk situation. Um, what could we do or what ha- have you guys tried that has actually worked? I think kind of getting in, I, you know, maybe one for listeners, just generally speaking, right? The reason global companies exist is, is for twofold. One is generally speaking that there is an economic benefit for being a globally distributed company, right? So you have either, maybe you're tapping into a different label force, you're tapping into a different market, right? And so the first question, you know, in, say product leadership world that I asked a little while ago was, hey, is is the juice worth the squeeze of what we're doing here? And if it is, right, what we're effectively saying is we're sacrificing some areas in the communication sphere for gains in another area. And I think it's worth letting people know that, right? Like we're doing this actively because there is a business reason behind it. And sometimes those sacrifices are made up in other gains elsewhere, right? Maybe you only get a couple hours of communication, but your engineering costs are lower by 20 or 30%. And we're willing to eat some of that pain. So the first thing that I kind of thought about for our company was where, you know, where's the juice worth the squeeze in this equation? And how can I understand that so that I'm making the best of it? Is it, this is, you know, what's the trade-off that the company wanted? And secondly is, you know, markets. So if you're going after a different market, is it beneficial for people to be present in that market? And what level of interaction do we have there? And I think so maybe my first point is start by understanding what the business need is for that distributed workflow. Because ideally, right, like we'd probably all agree there's a lot of benefits if we're all co-locating in the same time zone. Communication would be awesome. And, you know, yeah, we'd probably be really stoked about it. You know, there there are, uh, th- this is making me think about there are these kind of three, you take a triangle, uh, the, the three points are increasing value, reducing cost, and reducing risk, slash increasing dependability or stability. And so you can really only have one priority amongst those three, and the others are either trade-offs or you maybe hold them steady. So... It sounds like here it's that we got to reduce costs and potential trade-offs are the other two by increasing costs. Do we, do we, we, we do lose our ability to increase value or we lose some stability or, or something. Uh, and is it worth it? Is the ROI there? And then if the pendulum swings the other way, they say, well, what we really need to do is deliver value faster or deliver more value. So we need to, uh, I don't know, nearshore some of this work or or just work in one time whatever people decide is the the flavor of the day it's it's a bit like a pendulum swinging but it's on a rocking ship 
Yeah, and in that case, like I like I like being able to position it as a an exercise of um, ROI or or kind of like productivityness, if that is a word. Um, that, uh, of looking at it like, yeah, what 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 is the benefits of having this? What is the the challenges? Um, and in some cases, let's assume that the benefits are well worth it. Um, then how do you manage the challenges, right? Because like, let's assume that those challenges won't go away, um, without either process with, um, you know, um, some level of, of, uh, communication or, or, um, that that's not being kind of met. And so, you know, I think both Lou and Taj, you're both in that situation where the benefit seems to be there, um, maybe there's a case to, to fight back on that. Right. But let's assume we're not the owners of the company and we can't, you know, outside of making a case, we can't control the decision. Um, we can influence, but then how would we manage the challenges? The first piece is, well, if you have that level of understanding, right, it kind of gives you some level of control, controllability over it. Like in our case in the company, like I kind of agree with what they're, you know, I agree with what they're doing and the reasoning behind using the teams remotely. One of the things that we talked about prior to a little bit of the market downturn was, could we start co-locating certain teams? Like, could we have, if a team, so that way a team itself isn't fully split. Like, could we have, right now, one of the biggest challenges we've had is sometimes you have some team members in PK and some in the US. Could we try to co-locate teams? But I think there's kind of a, this ask the question, which is, what is the strategy around people in your organization and what role do you have to play in it? Now, I'll say in my current role, more as an IC versus previously as a, you know, a director, people leader, um, I probably would have felt a little bit more like, okay, I need to be thinking about the org and how the org functions and everything else rather than the products, the product strategy, et cetera. Um, well, not that you weren't thinking about those, but, you know, in that way. And then, so I'd finally say if, if it's your job to kind of help optimize that, that's probably the first area to think about for your career focus. In my case, um, what I'm trying to do is just understand what are the most effective thing, the three most effective things I need to do every day that I can do with this team in the most efficient amount of time. And if I can nail those every day, that's great. Um, and then try to realize that the rest can be asynchronous or it's priority, right? It's a lower priority thing. So we'll prioritize efficiently, including my time. It sounds like you're having a, what Greg McCune would, remind us is like the win list what's important now sounds like you're making a list you know, got to do these things if nothing else in our little twilight of common time i'm kind of curious taj what are some of the things that you guys that you're doing to manage across all that in typical engagements we would make an agreement about what our common times are when our ceremonies are going to be and so forth those are for longer engagements mine are now like six weeks and so once we get started it's like wow that's going fast and there's always something that gets in the way of making these agreements or, or keeping them, you know, other people's schedules and so forth. One thing I've done with some folks is, is craft a, a sort of uh, async principles, you know, asynchronous principles, which can be helpful. That should probably make stickies to remind myself, but basically it's careful reading, careful writing, careful action, and generous listening. The only problem with that is, well, so careful reading is never bad right? Um, <clears throat> reading something twice, getting new insights or realizing, whoops, I really misread that. So glad I didn't respond. Uh, that's great. 
I wish I had done that this week. I had a couple deep misunderstandings <laughs> that could have been avoided by my slowing down. Careful writing, same thing. What I'm realizing is careful writing doesn't have to mean thorough and voluminous writing. It could mean rather than being extra detailed, you pare it down to what is the one thing I have to say that needs to be understood the way I intend it. What can I strip away? Or I don't know. I'm still working on that because if you catch somebody in real time, all of that goes out the window. You're, you're not doing async, you're doing real time. And there is a lot less room for uh, careful listening, careful speaking, so to speak, before it becomes kind of stilted or like you're, you're talking to Mars and you got to wait 45 seconds. You know, I like, I like having the agreements and kind of the, the, the meaningful communication there. So I think Lou, you're on, on path for that, right? Like you've kind of all sunk up and, and talked about challenges and I'd love to talk about a little bit more about the document you put together, but it sounds like you're all coming together with, um, some ways to be more efficient, um, in communication as a team, as a unit and, and kind of, that's the beginning of the binding agreement. And then as a leader, of that team. It's like, how do you like what Todd, like this methodical, uh, communication that is, is direct and specific, mate, you know, and, and timed right. And I think I love the, uh, send later feature on, uh, um, Gmail now and, uh, and Slack, like those things are, are pretty great. Yeah. Um, and so I, I kind of like, you know, me personally will have those set time. If, if you don't have the boundary set initially, I would say put the boundaries in place and then, um, you know, maintain those boundaries by, you know, if you do work offline, don't show that your, your status is live, you know, on Slack, right? Like set yourself to non-active. If you are documenting and writing, send to, to schedule for the next day at the beginning of the workday. Like those are just kind of the best practices for just general communication, work-life balance, I would say. Cause especially as a leader, you're, you're perceived as, as that, you know, the, if you're, if they're seeing you work around the clock, they're going to be doing that. And that kind of leads to burnout. And so you need to be cautious about how that's being, um, uh, viewed, um, on your team. And so I'd say you balance a little bit of that. Right. And so, but, but I, so you, and you might have an overlapping window, you might not, but then, you know, um, if you don't, then here's the, here's the agreement. Here's how things work. If I need an answer ASAP, you know, ASAP means tomorrow morning because our time zones don't match, right? Then you have better expectations with the communication and they have uh, reasonable expectations on delivery as well. I'll add a little tip. I wish more people did this. Whenever I write a time, if I'm trying to coordinate schedules, um, out of hap- I, I just, as a rule, I write the times in my time zone so that I'm for sure not going to screw it up. And I always write AMPM or AMP and my time zone. So I'm always going to say like 1P MT. And I also always do MT and not MST, MDT, because everybody gets it wrong. And occasionally I'm like, I'm not sure if they're being very specific and saying standard when it's daylight saving or, or what. So I, I always do that too. MT, yeah. MT, ET, yep. uh, whatever. Because yeah. I also can't keep track of who's in daylight saving or, oh, it's Arizona. Is is, is there any uh, homework that we can give to our listeners based off of this conversation out of what we just discussed or, or ways that they can kind of, if they're struggling with this, that they can uh, tackle that challenge a different way? Here's the homework I'm going to give myself. Sit down with the people involved. If it's, ver- you know, if it's asynchronous or synchronous, but open the topic of 
what are our agreements or can we, what agreements can we make around when, you know, timing and comms channel? I like it. That's a good start. I would, I, I would say there as well, after, after you've kind of done that piece, come up with a good way of how you're going to enforce it. So what does it mean to keep to that contract and who are the people who are going to be held accountable for enforcing it, right? It could be your engineering manager for your engineers. It could be you for product leaders. And how can you hold people accountable to that? I think that's the the second follow-up to it. Yeah, and I, I guess I would uh, just cap us off there is saying uh, establish those, oh, use the schedule send <laughs> for the future. I love that feature. Um, and then kind of, Set your own expectations and be loud about that of like, here are my working hours. Um, I think that's always helpful too, is like I work in this time zone, which means I start day here, I start day here, right? And then this is where I can communicate. Even visually in the calendar, in Slack, in your bio, like somewhere where that's like known so that folks have that uh, expectation ready to go. And I think that leads uh, for others to follow in that in that um, sense. So thank you both for joining this morning. Please uh, rate, review, subscribe, all the fun stuff. Um, and it uh, looks like we finished up our coffee. So go level up. This has been Product Coffee, produced and engineered by me, Kevin Gentry. Through our podcast partner, Anchor, you can now record a voice message and send us ideas or topics to cover, and who knows, we might end up playing it on the show. You can also become a supporter of Product Coffee by contributing a monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Product Coffee on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.